Spring of Life Fellowship and its pastor, Joaquin G. Molina, invites you to listen to a message of restoration and strengthening for your life. Be a part of the vision, changing the world. Father, thank you for our time in the house of God. Thank you for being numbered amongst those that call upon your name. Thank you for the invitation to participate in that family of God. Father, we pray that this morning your word would continue to reveal your heart and your purpose for our lives. So Lord, allow your word to be a good seed planted in good hearts that would bring forth good fruit and a harvest multiplied provision of fruitfulness that would glorify your name, Lord. That would say that you're great and that you're awesome and worthy to be honored and praised and worshipped, O oh God. We pray that your word this morning would be the bread of life. That it's not good that man should uh, live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Allow your words to penetrate our lives and set a different course. Let your word this morning be a lamp unto our feet, bringing clarity to the darkness, the chaos and confusion that men are experiencing outside of the gospel. For you called us out of darkness into your marvelous light, O Lord that we might show forth the praises of him who's worthy to be followed and obeyed. We pray, Father God, that your word would not return void, but that it would set in our hearts as a fulfillment of the purpose for which you send it out. We pray these things in the name of Jesus. Amen, amen, and amen. In the book of Revelations chapter 3, we said that God has called us in verse 20, chapter 3 of Revelations, he knocks on the door of our heart. And he stands at the door and knocks. If anyone hears that voice and opens the door, he will come in and have the word dine, fellowship. He will join in purpose in his direction. Derek Prince would say, two fellows in one ship. You could only go in one direction. There's not two directions there. So if you come into fellowship with God, you want to go in his direction. With him and he with me, Jesus says. But at the next verse, it says, and he who overcomes. This word overcomes is, is the projection. God goes from knocking on the door with an invitation to giving you a glimpse of the future. And the glimpse of the future is overcoming. To him who overcomes. Some translations will say to him who is victorious. Another translation, to him who champions. That word champion, we use it often. He will sit on the throne and, and he will be part of my kingdom as I have become a champion, become victorious, and sat down with my father on his throne. This is a call to champions. This is a call to champions. And a lot of people fear the gospel of Jesus Christ. And the very first thing I heard when I was a 16-year-old, rebellious, disobedient, totally twisted brat was that God wanted to put me as the head and not the tail. That blew me away. How God's calling on our life makes us the top. For you women that are here, uh, the only example you have in the Bible to champion the cause of God is to be a champion amongst champion. You have done better than all women because you fear God, because you're a, man, a woman of virtue. You're seeking a virtue is defined as the excellence of wisdom. You're not a foolish woman. You're not, this morning I woke up to some woman who says, I finally, after 15 years of Christian, I went to my yoga classes this morning. I go, really, yoga? A Christian woman pronouncing that she finally got into yoga after 10 years of being a Christian? That's pathetic. That's problematic. 
That's a sad, sad state of affairs. Because we're not to meddle with the supernatural realm of metaphysics where you're chanting and taking positions of animals. You imagine the man was created to be in the image and likeness of God and yoga puts him in the python position, in, in the serpent position, and then you're, you're uttering grunts and chants. And, and that's a mockery to God. It's a mockery to God's creation and people still don't get it. And so here God is calling us not to be average. He's saying you are a champion. I, with me, I want you to be at the highest scale of the overcoming life. The life which champions who we are in this life. And it's not without opposition. This is what fascinates mankind. The most watched television program in the world is not some instructional video it's not some uh, talk show it's the Super Bowl people want to know who's going to champion that competition and if it's not the uh, the Super Bowl it's the World Series or it's the NBA Finals they, they want to watch the tennis championship the World Cup soccer championship Last night, uh, people were pay-per-view. Who's going to be the boxing champion? Who, what, what is our fascination with champions? Golf tournaments. I, I went down here to the Doral Golf ch uh, Tournament some years ago, and, and there was Tiger Woods. And I was like, what's the big deal with Tiger Woods? Why are so many people fascinated? And so he, he took a stroke, right? And then he began to just, just walk down the course. And what I saw with my eyes was, was a general in the field championing his, his entire athletic sport. He's a champion of champions. Guess how he walks? Anybody know? Like a champion. Amen. I was blown away. His, his whole demeanor was, I own this place. You watch me. I'm going to lead all these other guys. I was blown away. And what God is calling us to is to have the heart of a champion. Amen. To be above the fray. To think like no other. See, here a champion is above average. In this very chapter, he says, I don't want you to be lukewarm. I don't want you to be average. I don't want you to be ordinary. I want you to be above average. I want you to be extraordinary. I don't want you to be natural. I want you to be supernatural. And this is the call of God. You know, you know how you become a champion? You hang out with champions. He played baseball, Major League Baseball. He'll tell you. The only way you be a champion is hang out with a champion. What are we doing? That we find our convenience and our comfort zone. Oh, you're stretching me. Yes. Yes, you're being stretched. You're being stretched to be a champion, not a Christian. We think of those who win. These, these guys that are championing the course. And God has called us to champion life. Here's what coaches are seeking in those that, that have a heart of a champion. As a heart of a champion differs from a heart of ordinary Remove isolated, withdrawn people. 
He says, a champion is him who makes every effort to be determined and exercise and discipline, to be committed, to never give up, to never back up, to never back down, to never sit down, to never quit, to never walk away until he receives the victory. He's not going to let anything oppose his opportunity to champion that which he's called to champion. And that's what Jesus is calling to us. And so a lot of people says, but pastor, what? You don't understand what I'm up against. Yes, I do. You don't know what setbacks I've received. Yes, I do. You don't know the opposition, the suffering, the trials. Well, listen what Jesus says in John 16, As we follow our champion, he says, in this world, you're going to find all sort of trouble. I've spoken to you that in me you might have peace. In this world, you will have trouble. This is why one of our elders here in church, her name is Sister Clara. Clarita says, I laugh at the opposition. She says it in Spanish, me rio de los peces de colores. I laugh at the myriad of everything that mocks me to achieve my end and purpose. I'm going to let nothing stop me until I receive my crown. That's a heart of a champion. Everything is against you. You could come up, but you never, never discount the heart of a champion because he never quits. He never quits. Paul says it like this in 2 Timothy 4, 7. He's writing to his young man and he says, listen, I have fought the fight. I have run the race. I have finished and kept the faith. All the opposition is there and you could color in the fill in the blank. What is your opposition that kept you from reaching the prize? What is the things that are setbacks? They could be financial. They could be social, family. They could be personal. They're, they're a myriad of situations that stand in the way from you becoming what people say you can't become. We're going to talk about that in a second. Of all the things that stand in our way. The heart of a champion is selfless. If we're going to follow Paul's word that he fought the fight. And he finished the race and he's still hanging on to the top realm and the top rung of, of his calling. In Acts chapter 20 verse 24, he says, a heart of a champion needs to be selfless. You never see a champion thinking about himself. Usually the people that, that cannot champion life is because they fall into self-pity. Oh, nobody. The champion doesn't have that. He doesn't whine. He's not raising up the banner of, I can't do what they're calling me to do. Because look, he says, none of these things move me. I don't let myself be moved. I do not count myself dear to myself. I'm not, I'm not putting what I think in front. Listen, if we put what we think in front of us, none of us are going to do anything. When God called our church 18 years ago to change the world, we didn't say, are you, have you looked around real good, God? Have you seen who you're calling? 
to change the world, if, that, if our focus would have been on us and not on him, we wouldn't have taken our first step. So we've put ourselves away. We know we're trash. We know, David uses this word, I'm a worm. I'm a worm. My condition is not, but, but I put myself aside, who I am and what I am, so that I might look at the God who called me, and so that I could run. He says, I don't consider myself at the priority. I'm not counting myself as the capacity to do this. I might finish the race with joy. That I might finish the course. That I might go where I never thought I could go. But in Jesus name. And in the calling he's put upon my life. I'm more than a conqueror. Amen. I'm more than an overcomer. Amen. Paul writes these things in Romans 8 verse 35. He says, look at these things that are against my life. I'm not going to put myself at the forefront because I'm not sufficient for these things. But who will separate me? Who will disconnect me from being a champion? Will tribulation? No. Will difficulty? No. Will persecution? No. Will famine? No. Will nakedness, peril, or sword? You list your opposition. It's there. God is not saying it's not there. Had people call me and says, you know something, my dad left me when I was two years old. Well, what of the guy whose dad left him when he was 18 years old? Who's stronger, the two-year-old who didn't have a dad or the 18-year-old who had him for another 16 years? They're weakened, they're debilitated, there's deficiencies. But none of these things disconnect us from being champions. Amen. Verse 37 says like this, for we know... That in all these distresses, in all these perils, in all these difficulties, we are more than overcomers. Amen. We are more than champions Amen. through him who loved us. So God equips us with everything we need. Amen. Listen, I'm excited. I, you know, in the, in the natural, you know, bringing back five trophies, softball, football, soccer, chess, and I don't know, volleyball. Six, our champions are saying, hey, there's six trophies. There's not five. We brought back some, some hardware from Texas. We said, thank you very much. We're going to Miami. But let's look deeper into what God is calling us to, which are not these, these you know, years ago I would tell GF, I don't have time to play games. So I, I wasn't going to go. But then the Lord spoke to me real hard. You're to serve a man of God. So I said, GF, whatever you say, I'm going to serve you. And so games it is, games will take. But something deeper is the heart of all those children that were there for three days that were seeing a different glory in this world. They were seeing champion dads. They were seeing champion sons. I'm super proud of my sons. I didn't mention it. Nick and Brandon and Josh are champions. They're champions. They, 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 they want the best of whatever the realm they participate in. They have hearts of champions. I was able to see a glimpse not only on the sports side, but as my sons were able to relate with other men of God and go and, and say, thank you for what you do to serve God. Thank you for what you do to host our, our team from Miami. Maybe nobody went over there and thanked the guys that were serving us, but my, my, I saw my sons on several occasions going out to the volunteers and saying, thank you for taking your time out to serve in tents. That was powerful. 
And so God wanting us to be champions. Now we have this dichotomy, this, this paradox. Why am I not living this life? Why am I not pursuing it? Paul would write these words in 1 Corinthians 9.24, him who was calling constantly the people of God to champion life. He says, do you not know that in a race all runners run, but only one receives the prize? Run in such a way as to take this prize. Everyone competes in these games, but train yourself strictly. They do it for a perishable crown, but we do it for a crown that's imperishable. We got that verse up there, 1 Corinthians 9, 24. Paul is, is, is putting it in the context of one who's going to play an event. And some of you don't want to go out on the field. You're spectating. You're watching people. You're not called to watch people. You're called to get out there and participate. Even at a, at a, at a, at a simple level, originally. He says, many run the race, but one receives a prize. Uh, what, how are you running in such a way that you might obtain a return? How are you living that you're participating on what is happening? Verse 25. For everyone who competes in this prize is doing it for perishable things, for temporary things. They do it... Um, it says, everyone who competes for the prize is temperate, disciplined in all things. Uh, he, you, since you want to win, you're, you're trying to focus in on the prize. Now, they do it to obtain a perishable crown in the natural in the Olympics, but we are running the race that God the Father has set for us to champion, for an imperishable crown, for something that is not going to be lost, something that has, holds weight of glory and honor for a long time. Verse 26 I'm not one that beats the air. I run not with uncertainty. Now, one of the pastors that was here this weekend, he says that it was Joe Onasai. He was in Hawaii, and he's a champion of champions. He was drafted by the Dallas Cowboys, and he played one game because on that game he got paralyzed and lost the rest of his career. So after being at the University of Hawaii playing football, he got drafted by the Dallas Cowboys. And he was our preacher the, the first night. Listen to that guy who's been so broken was a blessing. And he says in his church, he started pastoring a church as a youth pastor. And he called, he said, who's the fastest man at the east side? And this guy says, I'm the fastest east side of Honolulu. Who's the fastest of the west side? And they had a little neighborhood over there. And this guy stood up and he says, I'm the fastest of the west side. And we'll beat the east side. He goes, ready, set. Go! And they both started running. And they were running and running and running. And he says, hey, 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 where are you guys going? We don't know. We're just running. They had no course. There was just, they just took off fast in no direction. And that's what Paul is saying. Don't run with uncertainty. Use your talents, your time, and your treasure to impact life. And the return will be glorious. But if you're just running for running's sake, I want to make a lot of money. What for? Just to have a lot of money. That's a curse to your generation. When your son and your grandson run, they won't know where to run to. They're running fast and furious to nowhere. And you know what's the sad part of not having a target and a goal? That you're going to hit it. Where you don't have a goal, your sons are going to hit nothing. They're going to become nothing. Your grandsons have nothing to live for. They have a lot of money. 
They have a lot of reputation, but they are not hitting the price. They're not hitting. He says, so I fight not as one who beats the air. Man, good boxer, brother. Every time I throw a punch, boy, it's fast and furious and never hit anybody. You're not a champion. You're out there doing calisthenics. You're out there just, just, just hyping and hoping. And, and he says, I'm not beating the air. How do you go out there to, to a boxing match? Uh, I swung 500 punches in three minutes. Well, how many did you hit? None. But boy, I was good. Woo, watch out. Come on, baby. I was some of the guys when I was bringing, <laughs> raised up in our neighborhood. They, they would want to pick fights. I was like, you don't want to fight me. Oh, yes, I can beat you. Okay. I says, trust me, you don't want to fight me. And they started swinging. They, they, look, wah, wah, wah. they look like, like Tasmanian devils. They were just throwing punches like that. I would just wait for one good one. Find out where his face was. And right there, boom. <sighs> we're not ones to beat the air. We're not ones to be, you know, a lot of hype and no substance. God has not called us to this. And Paul is saying these words, I'm not going to be a boxer that's wasting time, wasting energy. Listen to me, the, the most craziest thing is that I would have three sons, and at the end of 20 years, they're a bunch of fools. At the end of 20 years, they have no character. They have no conviction. They have no seriousness. That would have been loss of time, loss of energy, all filled by myself, producing nothing in this world. So a champion always rises above the natural, the average, the ordinary. And I want to put real quickly, as we finish here in two minutes, that there are seven things that I have seen that have kept me back from, from being able to pursue the top of my game as God's champion. Number one why many people never take the first step towards becoming a champion is because of the fear of failure. I'm not going out there. They're going to beat me up. I'm not going out there because I'm not strong enough. I'm not going out there because I, I don't have time. I, I, I don't have the discipline. The very first day God spoke to us about opening Spring of Life Fellowship, this was day one. The other guy, the Lord says, you know, now's the time. Get up and go. I'm with you. And it's after a long and drawn out period of discipline and preparation and obedience and faithfulness where God says, okay, now is the time. So I turn around to my wife and I say, honey, the Lord is telling us that we're to venture out and to start the ministry he's given us to change the world. And the very first thing she says, she doesn't say like this, well, we've been youth pastors five, five years. You've been a Christian and been faithful. You're a faithful son. You, you, we, we've done good things. We, we fought the lion and the bear. No. She says, what if we fail? That was the very first thing out of my wife's mouth because the fear of failure will always keep you from achieving your calling. So you have to have a voice louder than that voice of you're not going to make it. I can't do it. Because that, that is the majority of the stuff. When Moses comes up to God in the burning bush and God says, you're my champion. You're going to set free the people of Israel. You're going to deliver my people from the land of Egypt. He says, who am I? That I should go to Pharaoh. And so God was like, hey, Dodo Bird, it's not about you. I am who I am. And he introduces him the right arm of strength and victory 
which is not about you. So your failure, there's no chance at failing if it's the hand of God that's carrying you to these matters. There's no way you can fall short when God, you're in God's hand. Some other preacher said to me, oh, you're going to mess up. Sooner or later, all preachers mess up. They have a big bark and no bite. I said, listen, sir, if the grace of God that sustains me drops me, then I fail. Because I go based on the grace of God that's in my life. Paul would say, I am what I am by the grace of God. It's God in me. It's not me who's doing this. So I told my wife, when she says, what if we fail? I said, it's not going to be us who will do this. We're just going to enjoy what God's going to do. See the difference? So that beats failure every time. It's not about us. It's not about our capacity. It's what God wants to do in and through you. And to that, you say yes and amen very loud. Yes and amen very loud. We have not been given a spirit of fear. We have not been given a spirit of fear to go back into the captivity of I'm not going to champion God's call. The second thing is the fear of rejection. Well, when you come out to call yourself a champion, what do you think everybody else is going to be saying? That you're not a champion. You're going to be told by a lot of people, who do you think you are? And so a champion in every course, in every realm, will always have people that will reject you just because you say you're a champion. And if that keeps you out of the race, you're not going to be successful. I want to show a clip of a champion right now who runs a race when everybody was saying they have no chance. There's a champion called Sham. It was a horse in 1973. And they say he would be the champion. And Secretariat would have no chance to be a, ch a champion. Let's watch this horse race real quick. Ready to go for this tremendous Belmont State. Everybody's in line, and they're off. Looks like the early lead goes to Mike Allen. Yes, Mike Allen going for the lead with Price to press on the outside. Secretary to weigh very well, has good position on the rail, and in fact, he's now going up with the leader. They're moving for the first turn. It is Secretariat. Sham on the outside is also moving along strongly. And now it's Sham. Sham and Secretariat are right together into the first turn. Mike Allen has third behind them. Then it's twice the Prince, and the trailer is Private Smiles as they go by the turn. Those two together, Sham on the outside. Sham getting ahead in front as they move around the turn with Secretary at second. Then there's a large gap. Make it eight lengths back to Mike Allen in third and Vice of Prince fourth. And Private Smiles is still the trailer. They're on the back stretch. It's almost a match race now. Secretariat's on the inside, by ahead. Sham is on the outside. They've opened 10 lengths on Mike Gallant, who is third by ahead, with Vice of Prince fourth. Then it's another eight lengths back to Private Smile, who is trailing the field. They continue down the backstretch, and that's Secretariat now taking the lead. He's got it by about a length and a half. Still Sham, 10 lengths back, Mike Gallant, Vice of Prince. They're moving on the turn now. Turn at Secretariat. It looks like he's opening. The lead is increasing. It's at three, three and a half. He's moving into the turn. Secretariat holding on to a large lead. Dan is second, and then it's a long way back to Mike Allen and Vice Prince. They're on the turn, and Secretariat is blazing along the first three quarters of a mile in 109 and four fifths. Secretariat is blazing now. He is moving like a tremendous machine. Secretariat by 12. Secretariat by 14 lengths on the turn. Sham is dropping back. It looks like they'll catch him today. And my 
owner of the horse right there, that lady. You're able to visualize what God is calling us to, that we're not to be playing games. We're not to be, oh, you don't know how life is so hard. You're out front. You're championing the cause of God. He's not even being out front enough. He's blowing everybody away by far. Everybody will say the secretariat is his champion. Not because what they say, but because what they see. 35 lengths above all others. And that's what God in Christ is calling us to. Leaving the fear of failure, the fear of rejection. Listen to me. There's another fear. About that, that comes a heart in the heart of a champion is the fear of being out front. When you're out front, guess who everybody's looking at? You, you my friend. Well, Christians are judging me. Of course, they're judging you. They want to see if you're the real thing. They're gonna, they're gonna look in your underwear. They're gonna look in your secret places, your thoughts, your words. They're gonna judge your attitudes. Going out to, to, to Jordan Ranch and to be a champion is not only about championing these games, but the character of humility and selflessness in the character of a champion. Does he mock others because he's a champion? There's already a, a sentiment that you're out in front. Some people say, oh, I want to champion God, but I don't want to be in the front. Well, you know what? Being out in the front means that you're going to champion God's calling. The Bible says that they send down Goliath, the champion of the Philistines. And they asked them, who's your champion? And they all ran and hid in their tents. Oh, I don't want to be out front because then they're going to start judging if I come to church or not. They're going to judge if I tithe or not, if I, if I serve or not. Man, I don't want, I don't want, to, I don't want to be out there because then they're, they're going to sit there and try to measure. Listen to me. A champion has no fear of being out in the front because the spirit of God in him the fear of being out in front. Fourth, the fear of naysayers. How many know that when you're a champion, everybody and their mother want to kick you to the ground? Everybody is a naysayer. Oh, you're not. Who is this little kid that comes out here and tries to champion the cause? Of, who, what was he think he's doing? The brothers mocked him. They said, hey, you're coming out here to show off. You're going to get killed. So the naysayers, you know, there's going to be many voices of those that say, ready? You can't change the world. Guess what? We didn't say nothing. We're just changing the world. Amen. We didn't say nothing. We didn't let the naysayers set our reality for us. We just said, watch. Watch what God's going to do. And slowly and surely enough, God is allowing us to champion the vision he's given us. The fear of the unknown. You move into a, uh, away from convenience and comfort to the land of new affairs. Not only the fear of naysayers, but the fear of the unknown. What, you know, how will I be able to navigate these waters that have never been navigated before? Don't worry about it. Don't have fear of the new enterprise that leaves you out of your comfort and convenience because it's much more glorious where you're going than where you've been. Bible says he takes us from glory to glory. That means our next level of experience has nothing to do with our knowledge and past history. You don't know what, what has happened in the past? No, I don't use that to determine my future. I'm not going to say if things eyes have not seen, ears haven't heard, then it hasn't even come into your heart what God's about to do with me, with the things he's prepared. 1 Corinthians 2.9. Things that are above what's been seen, above what's been heard. Well, no one's ever done that, pastor. No one has. That's where God is calling me. 
to the things that no one has ever seen or heard, the things he's prepared for me. The fear of the unknown keeps champions from going forward. The fear of the worst case scenario. You know what happened to the last 100 guys who tried to do this? You know what happened in, in other realms when people have set out to venture into the heights of glorious living? Here's my thoughts. Ready for this. You were born to show forth glory upon the earth. That's why you're here. So if what you're doing is ordinary imitation of others, and you're following rap groups and P. Diddy and Poof Dog and all this stuff, you will only imitate Siley Myris. You only imitate those people I don't even know because they're not the standard for me. I don't imitate, I don't follow, I don't listen to their music. I don't, I don't want to know what they do or what they say. And they're full of the tabloids. And they have nothing for a champion. That's eating off the bottom of the barrel. That's crapola. So the fear of the worst case scenario. And then finally, the fear of the known. How you handle victory. Because listen, with every level of accomplishment and championship, you better ask God for a spirit of humility. Amen. Absolutely. I love that, sister. I was like, every time God gives me a victory, I better go lower because I'll become like the devil. Five years ago, we talked about this six years ago, the opportunity to submit under Pastor GF and be an underling pastor under a chief pastor. Because here I was, I was rising up. I was being known in other nations, and people are calling out to me, and you're awesome, and God uses you. Now, come underneath G.F. Watkins. When he's a peer, I said, I don't want to be like the devil. I'm not going to raise my throne. I'm going to humble myself because God exalts the humble. I'm going to walk in humility because there's a safe place there that you don't become like a devil. So the, the fear of the known that you are a champion of champions so that you could be a servant of servants. And the guys that won the trophies on this trip weren't the real champions. The real champions were those that went over there to intense and fed us and cooked the meals and served. And they didn't get a trophy. And nobody championed them. I wonder, I wonder where our champions would have been without breakfast, lunch, and dinner. They would have been out of gas. So champions are those who serve, those who deny themselves, those who walk in a spirit of excellence. So Paul is able to say in Romans 8, 38, I'm convinced of these things, that there's nothing that's going to keep me. There's no life, no death, no life, no angels, no principalities. There's nothing created, things present or things to come. Verse 39. I'm convinced that no height, nothing too high, nothing too low, nothing created can separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. Amen. That the provisions of God are there. And I, sometimes a lot of people want to focus on the deficiencies. And Wellington Boone says we're on the resource side of God's provision. That we might be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and champion. And the Bible says, and to subdue and take dominion. Genesis 1.28. That's what God created man to become. And so we have obstacles. We have realities. We have setbacks. Uh, I really, uh, I, and a lot of people are blessed, and they told me on this trip, Joaquin, you know why you are a champion? Because we met your father. He's a champion. That's what they told me.
You follow a champion, you imitate a champion, you hang out with a champion, and you become a champion. Let's stand this morning. And I, I want you to know that this voice of this message, I, I believe, is, is a timely word for your life. And God does not send a word that's not consistent with his delivery of purpose and prominence. That all the time that we're walking with the Lord and running this race and fighting the fight, there should be a strong voice in your heart, the Holy Spirit, the conviction of character that tells you you're better than this. You're way better than this. And that you receive the resources of heaven, the spirit of God, the grace of God, the strength of God, the mercy of God, the hope of God, all the provision of God, that you might be a champion in this life. Father, I thank you this morning for this word. I thank you for the opportunity to experience lower levels of life's experience to see spiritual realities. And we pray, Father God, that each person within the sound of my voice that has heard this message that they would start running the race with excellence and fighting the fight with perseverance. And the setbacks and the sufferings and the naysayers and those people that come and afflict us with unbelief and those people that, that cannot see what you have shown us, that this would not be something that would hinder our race and stop us and restrict us. That we would put even ourselves to one side and live for your glory serving others. And that Jesus, our champion, who endured the cross for the joy set before him. They consider it nothing, Father God, that he might be able to honor the Father and fulfill the will of God at the cross. The Bible says, foregoing shame, foregoing suffering, hardship, he endured the cross. Allow us, Father God, to also champion life in such a way that we be crowned, gloriously identified, in such a manner, but because of the way that we run our race, we fight our fight, and we hold on to faith. In Jesus' name we pray, and the house of God says amen, amen, amen. amen. <laughs> Greet one another in the love of the Lord. Men's meeting tomorrow night at 8. God bless you.